0: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888 study. That's eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. 543 3788 Now let's join today's program. God's eternal purpose is to work Himself into us as our life, so that we may take Him as our person, to live Him, and to express Him. This is the desire of God's heart. It's also the focal point of the Bible, including the book of Exodus. Stay with us today as we are drawn again to God's intention and heart's desire, even as He gave man the revelation of His law and commandments. Today's program again brings us to the exodus of God's people in the second book of the Bible and the continuing unveiling of how this story is really our story as well. Dennis Agashi is here with us again. and Dennis, we are really
1: seeing the story of our own exodus in these messages, aren't we? We sure are, Chris. It's marvelous to see that the book of Exodus really portrays our Christian experience. Dennis, in Exodus 19
0: and 20, God gave the commandments to the people. Of course, most people know them as the Ten Commandments. And right away, the people responded with this word, All that God has said we will do. Well, that seems good enough when we read it, but... This was really a window that exposes a lot about the people. Why is this such a telling remark, showing that the people were a long way from where God desired them to be?
1: We can see, Chris, that the statement that Israel made, all that God has said we will do, is actually not the desire of God's heart. God's heart's desire is really to work himself into us to be our life. This is really the focal point of the Bible. God's eternal intention is that he would do something in us, not that we would do something for God. However, due to the fall, the two striking characteristics of the fallen mankind, number one, man is independent, number two, man tries to do something for God on his own initiative. And this is the situation where Israel was in Exodus 19 and 20.
0: Dennis, as Witness Lee was giving these messages dealing with the law and the testimony of the law and the people receiving the law, he used a metaphor of nighttime and daytime, continually referring back to how the law will be received and experienced. It can either be a nighttime experience. Or a daytime experience. And I think these are very graphic and very appropriate terms to describe how the law came and became to his people. In this first section today, we're going to focus more on the nighttime experience. Let's go to Witness Lee.
2: When God gave the law, he has three points to carry out. Number one, his law surely portrays him. His law is a picture of him. He gives the law, and the law is his testimony. The law is his definition. It's his portrait, his picture. A lot of commandments given by God, not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New. Even in the New Testament, you have higher commandments. All of these commandments shows us who God is, what God is, what can God, he is. So this is a picture. So the law, firstly, gives us a picture of God. And secondly, the law exposes us. This is fully developed in Romans 7. Without the law coming, Paul said, I didn't know there was sin. Then, the third point is is to subdue us. By subduing us, the law brings us to God. So, the law was given to portray God. The law was given to expose us. And the law was given to subdue us. If we are willing to be subdued, and then we tell the Lord, I can't do it. I just cannot do it. I cannot be so holy as God is. I can never be so perfect as my Heavenly Father is. I cannot. Then the Lord says, okay, wonderful. You just open up yourself and receive me. I will enter in. I will do it for you. I'll be your holiness. I'll be your perfection. I'll do it when God comes in. He will be our life, and he will be our person, and he will be just one with us. Amen. Then what? Do we need still to do something? No. We just live him. As he lives in us, we live him. Okay. This is the basic principle of the revelation in the Bible. But most Christians do not see this principle. Yes, apparently, both in the Old Testament and the New, God did command people to do so many things. God did give the commandments. But his intention is not for you to keep them. He gave the commandment, number one, to portray himself. Number two, to expose you. Number three, to subdue you that he may have an open entrance to enter into you, Amen. to be your life and to be your everything. Then he will live in you, then you leave him. So, all the commandments have two aspects. If you stand on your side, thinking you can do it, and attempting to do it, I tell you, right away you are in the dark night. Right away you make The commandment, something apart from God, apart from the fountain of life. Then the commandment becomes what? Becomes the killing letters. If you uh, let the law do its proper work to portray God to you, to expose your real situation, and to subdue you, and you would be subdued and Tell the Lord you just cannot do it. Right. Then you depend upon the Lord, you put your full trust in Him, right away you are in the day. Then the law giver, that is the fountain of life, would enter into you and be your life and live in you and do everything for you. Eventually the result will come out better than the law.
0: Dennis, any time that we try to carry out God's commandment or to meet His requirement on our own, we're in for a nighttime experience, aren't we? We absolutely are, Chris. I liked Witness Lee's word here that the Lawgiver, the Fountain of Life, wants to enter into us and become the Law doer. Dennis, what is the way to keep from
1: separating the Law from the Lawgiver? I like this word that Brother Lee mentions law-doer. We all know something about the law-giver. We don't know the law-doer. Actually, Brother Lee's description of the law becoming to us either something of the night or something of the day is very relative to us today. When we apply the law in a wrong way, when we try to fulfill the law on our own, our experience becomes a nighttime experience which Paul describes in Romans 7. The more he tried to fulfill the law, the more the law subdued him. But when we get into the experience of the law becoming a day to us, this means we just open to the Lord, we allow him to come in, we allow him to do something in us, and this transfers us, Chris, to Romans 8, especially verse 4, where it says the law is fulfilled, how? In us, not by us, For those who walk according to the Spirit. And Chris, I feel this is a real revelation. The law is fulfilled in us Chris not by us Romans 8 4 the word says that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit again we see to walk according to the flesh is the nighttime experience but to walk according to the spirit is the daytime experience when we walk according to the spirit the requirement of the law is automatically fulfilled in us this is marvelous it really is And his word that what determines whether the law will
0: bring us to the day or to the night has all together to do with whether or not we separate the word from God. If we come to the word without touching God, we are destined for just one kind of experience and it's always in the night.
1: That's correct, Chris. And I think Brother Lee picks this point up in his sharing as we go on. Let's go back to him now, Dennis.
2: I would refer you to this verse, Romans 7.10. The commandment was unto life. The commandment, that means the law was unto life. Unto means what? Means resulting in. The law was to result in life. But Paul, in his other book, Galatians 3.21, says, the law cannot give life. You know, for firstly, I said, Paul, you are contradicting yourself. In Galatians 3.21, you say the law cannot give life. Uh, But in Romans 7.10, you say the law was to result in life. Is this a kind of contradiction? No. In nature, the law itself doesn't have life. In nature, the law cannot give you life. But the law has a view. The law could produce a result into life. And Paul's words like this was based upon Leviticus 18.5, which he quoted in Romans 10.5. That is, if anyone keeps the law, he shall live. The law was to result in life. The law is given to you. If you keep it, you'll have life. But the question is, could you keep it? The law was about to result in life, but eventually I just cannot keep it. The law came out to me, not life, but death. You have to read Romans 7 again. The law was given, not with an intention to give you life, But it was intended to result in life. The law has a good intention to result in life. But, big but, the law cannot give life by itself. Then what shall you do? Shall you hate the law? Foolish. Don't hate it. Give him a big thank you. Thank you, expose me. Thank you, subdue me. Thank you, bring me unto the source of life. Amen. Thank you, you bring me to the man who can give me life. Thank you, you bring me to the life giver. Paul used some bad terms to describe the law. He even uh, considered the law as a concubine. The law was signified or typified by Hagar, the concubine. And he said the law just produced the slaves. Even in that book, Galatians, yes, Paul used the concubine, used the slave and so forth to describe the law. At the same time, Paul also used good terms. The law is a conductor. Child conductor, also a guardian. The law guards you. He is a garden. And then he is a conductor. He guarded you, and eventually he conducted you not to hell, (laughs) even not to heaven, but to what? To Christ. On the one hand, the law is a concubine. but on the other hand, the law is our guardian, and he's also our conductor. He conducted us into Christ that we may have Dennis, I
0: thought this section was really good. The law was intended to result in life. And this is Romans 7.10. The commandment is unto life. But Galatians 3 tells us, 3 verse 21, that the law cannot give life. What's the distinction here between it being unto life but not able to give life?
1: Chris, this is a supreme sublime revelation to us to see this section in Romans 7:10 compared to Romans 3:21. I'd like to pick up what brother Lee said here that in nature the law is not able to give life it only demands but the intention of the law is resulting unto life in our experience when we see that the law portrays God and defines God, that the law exposes us and the law subdues us, then we see the real intention of the law is to bring us unto Christ. When we are brought unto Christ, the result is unto life. So I like these two words, Chris. In nature, the law is not able to give life. It only demands. But the intention of the law is resulting unto life. Romans 7.10 mentions this commandment is unto life. This comparison between Romans 7.10 and Galatians 3.21 is marvelous. Dennis, what about this
0: aspect that was also mentioned in this section, that the law becomes a guardian
1: and a conductor, conducting us to Christ that we
0: may have life?
1: Chris, I think this is one of the most marvelous verses in the Bible in Galatians 3.24. When we hear about the law, our initial response is to always try to fulfill it this is the issue of a fallen man however we can see the real function of the law in this verse is to become a guardian guarding us until christ comes or a child conductor conducting us unto christ then chris when we compare romans seven ten, which says that the commandment is unto life with galatians three twenty four, which says that the law as a child conductor unto Christ. So here you have unto life and unto Christ. The function, the intention of the law is to bring us to life and to bring us to Christ. Actually Christ himself is life. The intention of the law is not that we would fulfill it. The intention of the law is that we would be brought unto life and unto Christ.
0: Well we saw that even in the introduction we were talking a little bit about the children of Israel as they responded the first time to moses speaking to them of god's word and their response was automatic what god has said or all that god has said we will do we will do it this so much matches our natural response whenever the demand comes of course we right away are quite certain that we're able to do this but uh, the outcome is never quite right when that's the uh, sequence it needs to be that which brings us first to christ
1: And I appreciate that Brother Lee also shared in this portion, what is our attitude toward the law. Actually, the law is there, but our understanding of the law determines how the law functions. Our attitude towards the law is that we shouldn't despise it, but we should thank it for exposing us. But we shouldn't stop there. It should always bring us unto Christ. So we are not here to fulfill the law in ourselves. We are here just to appreciate its function and leave it and go and cleave ourselves unto Christ.
0: Dennis, that's marvelous. Let's go back to Witness Lee, and then you and I will have a, one more time together.
2: Here, I give you a case, the Judaizers case. Pharisees, scribes, all those Judaizers, you know, they loved the love, law, but they kept the law apart from God. So, you have John 5. I like these two verses, 39 40. The Lord Jesus told the Jewish elders, you research the scriptures because you think in the scriptures there is eternal life. If they don't come to the Lord himself, yet they still believe that in the black and white there is eternal life, that is a kind of superstition. In the black and white, there's no life. So the Lord says, you research the Bible thinking There is eternal life in it. Yet, you would not come to me that you may have life. This tells us we shouldn't separate the Bible from the Lord. It is the tree of life. If you separate it from the Lord, right away it becomes the tree of knowledge. The Bible may be life to you or knowledge to you. It all depends where you stand. If you stand one with, with the Lord. The Bible is live to you. If you separate yourself from the Lord, yet you still use the Bible. Right way, the Bible is apart from God. And it becomes knowledge. Knowledge kills. Yeah. You see, whether this Bible is the truth of life to you, or the truth of knowledge, it all depends how you stand with God the Lord. Right. If you stand with the Lord, you are in the day. If you stand apart from the Lord, you are in the night. So, you have another case, the case of the Galatians. The case of the Galatians was different from the case of Judeathers. The Judeathers never came into the contact with Christ, but the Galatians did. You see, they came into the grace, yet they got distracted. That case was one, showing us many, many who got into the grace, who got into the organic union with Christ, yet they would still forget all this and go back to keep the law. When they did this, they cut themselves from God, They cut themselves from Christ and they cut themselves from the grace. So, Paul was forced to tell them neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails, but what? The faith. Don't go back to keep the law, make yourself apart from God and make the law separate from God. You must exercise your faith to keep, to maintain. The organic union between you and Christ. You must keep this organic union that you may enjoy life. Don't go back to keep the law. Don't go back to practice circumcision. Then eventually he says, neither circumcision, nor uncircumcision, but what? A living new creation. A new creation. That is the human beings who God reconstituted to remain in this constitution, to live God. Then you don't need to keep the law, yet you will live a life that will be higher than what the law demands.
0: Dennis, there were two very interesting cases in this section. First, the Judaizers. Who the Lord exposed for searching the Scriptures without coming first to Him for life. And then the Galatians, who did come to the Lord, but then were distracted back to the law and cut themselves off from their organic union with Christ. These both expose dangers that are present for us as well, don't they?
1: Absolutely, Chris. Merely mention in John 5:39 and 40 that the Judaizers kept the law, but they kept it apart from God. In this verse in John 5:39 and 40, the Lord says that you don't come to me to have life. This is the danger of separating the Bible from the very person of Christ. As soon as we do that, then the Bible to us becomes the tree of knowledge, not the tree of life. How about
0: this other term, this organic union? Of course, these words are not taken literally, specifically, or directly out of the Scripture, but the implication is very strongly there. And Witness Lee liked this term and used it quite much in his ministry, the organic union. Help us with that.
1: This is one of these mystical words, yet so practical in our experience, Chris, from Brother Lee's ministry. Our relationship with Christ is this description that Brother Lee has given to us, organic union. It is not just a union In mentality it is not just a union in agreement it is a union in life and not just a union in any life but a union in the divine life and not only so but I like this word organic union this means it is something living it is something of life it is the Lord as the Spirit coming into our spirit regenerating our spirit this relationship is described as a union or an organic union this is a marvelous term
0: Well, of course, we could spend an entire program on this topic, uh, the Organic Union. This is a big and major topic, but we do refer to it from time to time, so it's good to come back and get it redefined because it's a new term, as we said, for most people in this ministry particularly, and so we like to always give a little definition whenever we're dealing with a brand new term or concept. The Organic Union is a very, very apt and marvelous description of what we enjoy in Christ
1: and in life. I really like this matter.
0: I also do very much, Dennis. For Dennis Agachi today, I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you very much for listening.
1: Dear Lord, we give to Thee, receive us into Thy wise hands.
0: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.